Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School's the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. It's God's will that you overcome whatever it is that you're facing, dealing with in this ungodly world full of the curse and wrong spirits and confused ungodly people, there will be plenty of problems, plenty of issues to have that you'll come in contact with, that you'll have to get through, uh, get over. Uh, the key is that you never despair and that you don't just give up and quit, but that you believe that God, your God, your Father, creator of the heaven and earth, can do anything and that he can help you in your situation. Just because you can't see how to get out of it doesn't mean he can't see how. He already knows how. So get your Bible, get something to make a note with, come into the classroom with us. We saved you a seat. Turn off everything else. Give the Lord your full attention for these next few minutes and answers will come. Lord, all of us together agree uh, together as touching this, asking for the direction for now, the utterance, the revelation uh, for now, to see the next steps in your plan and your will, to see the uh, uh, underhanded and, and hidden agendas and workings of the enemy against us, that we may resist them and give them no place and put a stop to it. And to see, Lord, your grace and your kindness and your goodness and your care for us and receive from you and allow all that you want to transpire in our lives. We ask for it. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. If you would turn to 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, we've been on a series for some uh, weeks now that we're calling Overcoming Unbelief. And uh, if you haven't been with us in the previous lessons, we, we spent a lot of time here. Uh, go online, faithschool.org, and uh, look, at the, look at the series there, uh, Overcoming Unbelief. And you can watch, listen to all of the previous messages up till today at no charge. There's no cost. And it, it builds in you. You know, um, the Word of God, uh, by the anointing, has a, uh, a displacing effect, if you will, on unbelief and fear in the human heart and mind. If all you do is watch, you know, ungodly, fearful news, if you listen to the problems of the world, if you talk with your friends about everything that's wrong, that will fill you with fear and with confusion and darkness. 
But the Word of God is light. Oh, hallelujah. It's light and it's life. And it ministers peace and it ministers joy. And if you've only been feeding on bad stuff for most of your life, then um, uh, when you first start taking in some Word of God, then you're still mostly full of the wrong thing. But if you just keep feeding on the Word and listening to what He said, it will displace, it will push out of you fear. It'll push out of you the confusion until instead of wondering, you know. Hallelujah. Instead of being in darkness, you're in light. And so that's why we, we have a faith school on a regular basis. And you don't just want to hear one or two times. And you need to be a part of a good church. And you want to get in good meetings. And you want to read the scriptures for yourself on a regular basis. Let your eyes rest on the page. Uh, there are no other words like these words. These are not just the words of men. They came through human vessels, but they are the words of God. They are eternal, unchanging, and they are life to those that find them and medicine and health to all their flesh. And all the class said, Amen, Amen. Amen. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 1, he says, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you would be ignorant how all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual food and did all drink, drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that accompanied them and that rock was Christ. Uh, you do yourself a disservice if you ignore uh, what people call the Old Testament. Uh, because that's what he's referring to. All those things, they did actually happen. It is the inspired Word of God. They are historically accurate. If somebody says, well, no, there's errors in that, that's not true. You think you found an error in the Bible? You just found something you don't understand. And if you'll go further with it, eventually you'll get more light and you'll go, oh, well, no, that's no error. It's just something you didn't see. And so... Um, uh, also, as far as it being manifestations of God, His will, His person, His, His power, it also, these things portrayed the coming of the Master and portrayed in graphic form what He would do in His death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, how He redeemed us. And so uh, they weren't thinking uh, of the Christ when they were drinking the water out of the rock, but they were experiencing a type of Christ. And now Jesus is the, the rock and he is the source of living water. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. That'll preach, won't it? Yep. And um, the Bible said, verse 5, but with many of them, God was not well pleased for they were overthrown in the wilderness. He wasn't pleased with what happened to them being overthrown. He wasn't pleased with their unbelief that caused that to happen to them. Now we've been looking uh, at, at Hebrews 3 and Hebrews chapter 4 uh, talks about these very same things about how that uh, he said they, uh, they haven't known my ways. And he said, don't let 
an evil heart of unbelief be in you, talking about us brethren, he said, lest, you know, it, it rob you like it did them. So verse 6, these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they lusted, neither be idolaters as were some of them. As it's written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day, three and 20,000. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted Christ and were destroyed of serpents. Can you see that he's referring to episodes that happened with them? centuries ago, long ago, and yet he's saying they're relevant to us today, isn't he? Yeah. So see, this what people call the Old Testament, um, and really it's, it's not just old Word of God, and it's more the, even than Old Covenant, because it's uh, Genesis and creation, it is the giving of the law, it's also the prophets. It's, it's a whole lot of things. It's the Word of God. Amen. And it is current. It is not, that's why I don't like using the word old all the time. An Old Testament is a name men gave to it. Now there is the covenant that has old uh, compared to our new covenant, but the Word of God is not old mm -hmm. and never will be. Amen. And so uh, he, the, these episodes don't lust after evil things like they did. Don't be an idolater uh, like they were. Sometimes people might say, well, you know, that's not that big of a problem nowadays. Are you joking? Have you traveled at all? <laughs> people are worshiping all kind of false gods. And the scripture says in Colossians that um, covetousness is idolatry. You, technology can be your god. Oh, money and wealth can be your God. Politics can be your God. Anything that's a replacement for God as God in your life is idolatry. Uh, if you believe it, class, say it out loud. The Lord God, the Lord God is, my God, is my God. The only God. The only God. And I worship, and I worship the, Lord God, the Lord God and Him only. Will I, Will I worship? You know, the enemy, that was part of how he tempted Jesus, is he said, you know, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said, if you'll fall down and worship me, all of this will be yours. That's, what, that's when he said that. It's written, you'll worship the Lord your God and him only shall you worship. Nothing else should be even a close second to your God. I don't worship myself. I don't worship uh, my family as my God. Uh, your, your children shouldn't be your God. Nothing should be the ultimate God and control in your life except the one and only living God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Creator of the heavens and earth and God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he goes on to say, verse 10, neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now, uh, we're going to be seeing more about this as we study our next case. But is murmuring as bad as tempting Christ or committing fornication or being an idolater 
or lusting after evil things, it's in the same list. But you know, uh, probably most people would say, oh, you know, we all complain some here and there. It's, it's, it's no big deal. Well, it got them destroyed. So has it changed? When did it stop being a bad thing and it's not that big a deal anymore? No, it's still a big deal. It's a bigger deal than most people are aware of. He goes on to say, now all these things happened unto them for in samples or the margin says types. And they are written for who? Our admonition. Now all these things he's referring to, they're in what people call the Old Testament. Every one of these instances. And he said they're written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Uh, so if you never even read the, those things, and you're not even aware of what happened to them, how are you going to be admonished by them? How are you going to learn from the examples? Uh, I'm not just trying to be repetitious, but don't neglect the entire Bible. Don't, don't say, well, that's, you know, that's all passed away, and that's, that's not for us anymore. That's not true. People have, have really got that wrong. It is the Word of God. And if, he, if the Lord ever said something is right, it's right. It'll always be right. If He ever said something's wrong and bad, it's bad. It'll always be wrong and bad. He doesn't change because perfection doesn't need to change. Right? If He's God, He saw the end from the beginning. So he'll never, even after several millennia, learn some things and go, well, I need to update that. That indicates he's not God. He didn't see the end from the beginning. But if he did, then when he said it, he took everything into consideration and account before he did. And when he said it, it is perfect. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the words of this book are the inspired Word of God, and they have been refined, and they are perfect. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can put full confidence in the words of this book. You can build your life on it with certainty. It will not fail you, because they are the words that came from God, came out of Him. He said, Do all these things happened to them for examples, and they're written for our admonition. Now, you know, over the millennia, there are all kind of things that happen to people, and we don't know about it, and it wasn't recorded in here because it's not pertinent to us. But these things, they are pertinent. They, they apply to our life right now, every one of us. And I'm talking about Genesis. Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, all the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation, it's applicable. There's truth, living answers in it. And the more you, you, you read it, the more you listen to it, the more you ponder it and meditate upon it, it just fills you with wisdom and understanding and your perspective changes, your perceptions change, and uh, you just You'll have a knowing. It develops a pool in you of understanding of godly things. 
And you'll just, in, in situation after situation, you'll just know what to do. The Lord will bring to your remembrance in a flash things, episodes, and instances from here, and you'll see the answer. And instead of having to ask 12 people and, and, and making three bad choices, and you'll get it right first time, and you'll just know. You have an unction of the Holy One, that anointing, and you know the Bible said. You know all things that you need to know. Somebody say, thank God for the Word of God. He went on to say, they're written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Why would you say that? Because the Lord would not warn us about this unless there was a real danger. And if you ignore it and act like, oh, you know, it's no big deal and that's all passed away and that don't apply to us anymore, and, and then you will be susceptible and you will fall if you're not on guard. The scripture says the enemy, he goes about as a roaring lion. Go over there to, to Peter and let's, let's look at this. He's seeking whom he may devour. Just like a, uh, a predator. 1 Peter 5 and verse 8. It says, be sober. Now, that, in English, that means there's an understood subject. And that understood subject is who? You. You be sober. You be vigilant. Why? Because there's, some, there's somebody out to get you. Right? And... And if you, if you say, well, I don't like thinking about that. That just makes me nervous. And I just don't, I don't, I need to go to another church where they don't talk, they don't talk about that stuff. Well, you can, but it won't change the fact that somebody's after you. And if somebody's really out to get you, do you want to pretend that they're not? That makes it easy for them, right? If you're not even looking for them, not even on the guard, and they're just able to come in and get you and, you, and and you go, oh, I was hoping they weren't around. Well, no, they were, and the Lord told you they were. Said out loud, be sober, be sober, be vigilant. Be vigilant. What does that mean? That means um, be aware, be sharp, be on your toes, be on the watch. Now that doesn't mean in fear. That doesn't mean you stay in fear. But it just means you realize um, every day when I open my eyes, I'm a child of God, Amen. and the enemy hates me, <laughs> right? <laughs> the devil hates me, and he wants to hurt me. Now, he can't just do what he wants to do, because God's bigger, Amen. and the one that lives in me is bigger, Amen. and the angels of God that keep me are bigger. But I can give the enemy place through my negligence, carelessness, through sinning, through disobedience, through a number of things, which is why Ephesians says, neither give place to the devil. Don't give him any opportunity, no access to you. So, but that's going to require something out of me. Uh, you know, people like uh, what I call no-fault religion. It's very popular in 
wide circles. What does that mean? No matter what happens to me, it's not my fault. And no matter what doesn't happen for me, not my fault. Why? Because God is in control. And so everything that happens was somehow His will. And if it didn't happen, that was His will too. And we don't understand. But He's in control. That is believed by a majority of church-going people, and it is absolutely not true. Not true. I'm going to say it again slowly. Not. What do you mean God's in, in control is not true? No, it's not true. Now, when you're talking about the ultimate plan of God, that He's going to accomplish what He set out to accomplish, yes, that's going to happen. Whether you get used or I or not, he will be able to get it done. If he has to use somebody else, he will. But when you're talking about God making me do what he wants me to do or making you do, no, he's not going to do that. He's not, he's not controlling every decision I make. He's not controlling Everything you do and everything I do, it was not his choice whether you ate cornflakes or Cheerios. wasn't his choice whether you wore blue or red. Mm-mm. He, you're created in the likeness and image of God, and he really has given us a lot more latitude and choice than people imagine. Uh, he's given us ability to think, to conceive, to understand, and he's given us choice. And if you make a wrong choice, and if you're defiant and stubborn and disobedient and rebellious, then the results of that are not his will any more than your rebellion was his will. And it's tiresome that people keep blaming God for every dumb thing that they do. Stop it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Go ahead and acknowledge some truth here. Say, I know, I know God, is God is not responsible for every dumb thing I do. Good. We got that settled. I am so, I am so glad that we did. Do we have a responsibility? Yes. I said, you know, people like what I call no-fault religion, and people tend to gravitate to churches, if they go to church, churches and ministries that share their commitment level. They don't want to go to churches that are more committed than they are. And so the message that God is in control of everything, so then that means nothing that happens to you is your fault. It was God's will somehow. People like that because it allows them to just be absolutely spiritually irresponsible. But does he tell us we are responsible for some things? Does he tell us do some things? Yes. yes. And here he says what? Be sober. What does that mean? That if, you're, if you're drunk, you're not aware. You're not sharp. Mm-hmm. Be sober and be vigilant. Vigilant means you, you have to watch. You got to be on the watch. Not in fear, but aware and alert. 
And why? Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion is walking about seeking whom he may devour. Now that's good news because obviously he can't just destroy any and everybody he wants to. He's looking and searching to see who he can. And who can he devour? Well, the ones that don't even believe he exists. The ones that's not even trying to be aware or watch. The ones that's not even trying to resist him. Can you see why we're talking about these examples? Why we need to learn about what happened to them so that that doesn't happen to us? Whom resist steadfast, and you're going to need something to do it, in the faith knowing the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. So uh, uh, the scripture also says we're not ignorant of Satan's devices. And the more words you got in you, and the more you are aware of the Holy Spirit helping you, you will. You'll, the enemy will try to set something up and cause you a problem, and the Spirit of God will help you to see it five miles away. When he's just trying to get it started, and you go, uh-uh. Nah, I see that, and you will bind it. The Bible said, Jesus said, I give unto you the keys of the kingdom. Amen. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. We have, and, and many Christians don't realize this, and, and what a loss that is. We've been given the authority of the greatest name in heaven, earth, and hell that every knee must bow to the name of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. And when the enemy's trying to do some stuff in your life, and you don't wait till you see somebody in a red suit with horns and a pitchfork. If it's trying to steal from you, it's trying to kill something, trying to destroy, that's the enemy. That's the thief. And what you do is you say, no, you don't. No, you don't. Not in my life, you don't. Not in my home, not in my family, not in my job, not in my work, you don't. In Jesus' name, I bind you and command you to stop in your operations and cease in your maneuvers now in Jesus' name. Everybody, whatever you got going on in your life that's been hurting you and harassing you, say it right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus Every foul work of every evil thing against my life, I command you, stop in Jesus' name, cease in all your maneuvers, all your activities, I bind you in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. 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 And the enemy has no choice. The Bible said resist the devil. Then what happens? Come on, what happens? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Why? Because he is no match for that name. He is no match for the Holy Spirit and the power and the authority woo, that comes from the throne. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That authority comes straight from the highest authority in all creation. Glory to God. Glory I to God. preached myself happy again. <laughs> it's so good to be free from the enemy's junk. Our time's up again. 
But uh, as you can see, we just barely got into our text. Need to come back tomorrow and let's see a lot more. We'll see you soon back here in Faith School. I've got the victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.